the topic of this or the title of this message is what do you see and this will be part one the scripture verse um so you can turn there matthew chapter 21 starting from verse 1 through 11 so you can turn there so this is the week before passover just like it is now a lot of jews were coming into the city of jerusalem in preparation for that time Jesus and his disciples were no exception. The only difference with this time and previous Passovers uh, is what was going to take place. This Passover wasn't like any other Passover that the Jews were celebrating. It was a time of new beginnings and that was upon Israel where God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham. So, God never does anything haphazardly. Everything is on His timetable and His schedule based on His plan of it for eternity. So, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 21 and I'll start reading from verse 1 through 11. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage or Bethridge at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Verse 4, And this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And verse 10. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? So the multitudes said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Alright, that's the end of the reading. So as I said, there are a couple of things I want to point out here. Now, in reference to whether, you know, the first verse 2 and, and 3 were referring to a donkey and a colt. That means referencing two animals. Now, in, in the book of um, Luke and John, it only said a colt, a donkey. And the reference, if you go to uh, Zechariah chapter 9, it talks about the foal of, a, of, uh, of a, uh, a foal or a young colt. So, even though this, these verses refer to two and the others refer to one, the story is the same, that they were sent to retrieve a, a colt, brought it to Jesus, and they put him on it. So, don't get tied up with that. 
the, the story is the same. There is just a little discrepancy there with if it was one or two. So let me get that out of the way. So the significance, what we need to pay attention to is the significance of what Jesus instructed the disciples to do in preparation for his entry into the city. Now he commanded the disciples to go and get this colt before his entrance into the city. Normally he would just, he, they walk in. But this time he, something different was going to happen. Now, the reason why he instructed them to get the colt is to fulfill a prophecy. In verse 4, it clearly says here, This was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying. And in verse 5, it tells you. It describes what is, going, what is happening. It said, the king is coming to you. Lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So this is what, is what was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah. This now is being fulfilled. So Jesus couldn't enter the city just by walking in. He had to go in on this colt. He had to go in on a donkey. So he, was, he, was, he instructed the disciples... To get the coat so he can ride in based on this, the prophecy about him and fulfill that prophecy. So nothing Jesus did was just did haphazardly. Very important that we keep that in mind. Okay, so he couldn't enter the city any other way at this time because this was an appointed time for him to be offered up. So this was something God instructed him to do by the Spirit at this time. And he instructed the disciples to go and get the colt, setting up what is going to transpire. Now the prophecy being fulfilled as they got the colt, and it said here they put, him, they put their clothes on him, on the donkey, and they put him on it. And then it said here, the multitudes went before them and went behind them. And they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Referencing what was prophesied about Jesus. It says, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey. So as he's entering the city with the multitude, the crowd in front and behind, you can see the scripture being fulfilled. What was interesting about this too, this was done in the open for all to see. God does everything in the open. He doesn't do anything behind closed doors. God doesn't hide anything he's doing. He doesn't hide things. But for the people at that time, I would say most of them had no clue what was the significance of that moment. They had eyes to see, but they couldn't see. They had ears to hear, but they couldn't hear. Even the disciples. So what the people were declaring was true. Hosanna to the son of, of David. He was the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And the word Hosanna here, the Greek word, means to all save. An exclamation of adoration. 
deliver, rescue, bring salvation. So it says, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the highest. Oh, save Son of David. Rescue us. Save us. Bring salvation, Son of David. So the King of Peace, who is Jesus as we know, he was entering the city triumphantly because there were accolades and adoration from the multitude, from the people, because they saw what he had done. They witnessed his marvelous works. Even the disciples who were with him intimately were declaring the praises and glorifying God. However, the, their expectations were different. The expectations of the people, including the disciples, and the expectations of Jesus were totally different. The people were expecting a rescue, salvation from their oppressors, because they were occupied by Rome. So they were expressing the hope that this Savior, this King, is here to rescue them. Which is true, but not in the way they are thinking of being rescued. They were thinking of being rescued from their, their oppressors. But God was offering something different. Salvation from sin and the ushering of the kingdom of God. This was promised by God now being fulfilled and revealed publicly. They were fulfilling scripture. But they did not understand the context of the moment. And I'll show you here too. In verse 10, something very interesting that was said here. If you go to verse 10 in 20, chapter 21, there was a question posed when Jesus entered the city. They said, He came into Jerusalem and all the city was moved and saying, Who is this? What is interesting about that question is the answer to the question. And if you go to verse 11, the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. They, they weren't erroneous, but if you talk in salvation, right, from your oppressors, they weren't wrong in what they said. But what they didn't say, and what should have been known, is that this prophet, Jesus from Galilee, he's not just a prophet, he is the Messiah. That's different. That this Messiah the king of peace, the king of the, of, of the kingdom of God is being ushered into Jerusalem in fanfare, but nobody, has, nobody recognized who he is. They call him a prophet, but he is the Messiah. They do not recognize that he is the Savior, the Messiah, the one that they have been waiting on, the one that the prophets have been speaking about through the, through history, pointing to this moment. So he entered Jerusalem with fanfare, and the people were asking, who, this, who is this? And they said, a prophet. But this was a Messiah. And I'd like you to, to turn to Luke chapter 19, and I want to show you something. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 
And I want to point out to something Jesus did before he entered the city. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44. The city. In verse 41, it says here, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Why did he do that? Verse 42, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side. Verse 44, And level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. What did what is Jesus saying there before he entered the city? He wept over the city. Why did he weep, weep, weep over the city? Because the inhabitants of the city did not understand the significance of this time. Because he said here in verse 44, you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And in verse 42, he said, this is your day. These things that make for your peace. This is your day, but you don't know what's happening. You are blind. God himself is in their presence. Offering salvation through his son to all. And they will reject it. Not the salvation they are thinking about. This is something different. But what Jesus was offering is what was promised. What God told Abraham. He said, Abraham, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And this is who God was pointing to when he said, through your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Here he is. In fanfare, entering Jerusalem, but he will be rejected because they would not recognize him. They only see him as a prophet and not the Messiah. So Jesus said here, because you do not understand the time of your visitation and you will reject me. He said, you, this city will be destroyed and hundreds and thousands of Jews will be killed. Because they had the opportunity. This was the moment. If they had recognized who he was, that they could have had peace with God. But instead, because they would reject him, this city and, mul and multitudes of people, hundreds and thousands of people will be killed. So that's why Jesus wept, because they did not understand the season that they were in, the significance of the moment. And this is always a critical time in a person's life or in the life of a nation or a city or even a family. It's always important because when God moves and exposes things in our lives or in our family or in a country or a nation, God exposes things. God is ushering his son in to the city openly. Something is happening. But what do the people see? What do they see? When God is moving in our lives, what do we see happening? 
when God is moving in a nation, as he's moving in this country and, he's, and as he's moving across this world, yes, even with coronavirus and all the drama that's going on, God is in control. God is moving. But what do we see? Opportunities arise in what, when God is moving. There was an opportunity for them to recognize the Messiah and turn to him and accept him. This was the moment where he said, this is the time, your day, that make for your peace. What peace? Reconciliation to God. Even though they were under the law, they were still separated from God. Their hearts were far from God. This is the moment for them to recognize. But they didn't. The same way God is moving today. What do we see? God exposes things. Out in the open. The opportunity should not be wasted. We should seize the moment. Recognize and act. For the benefit of the moment. The benefit of the opportunity for to be realized in our lives. Or even in the lives of a nation. What do we see in the moment? Do we recognize the opportunity? So this was a moment for the people in Jerusalem at that time. This was their opportunity for salvation. Salvation was on display. Why? Because Jesus was on display. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He said, he's, he's salvation. That's who he is. He's Messiah. He's Savior. So if they had received him, they had the opportunity to be redeemed. But they rejected him. So God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham. And Jesus spoke about why the, talk, the scripture here talk about why he wept over Jerusalem. Because they didn't understand. His heart was breaking. Even though with all the fanfare. Imagine this. You are entering a city. And they are praising God for the wrong reason. And you know it. Because you just had a crying session just before you entered the city. They are, they are thinking earthly. He is thinking eternity, heavenly. Two different planes of thought. In John chapter 1, verse 29 through 31, I want to show you something. John chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. I'd like you to turn there, please. This is John the Baptist at the river Jordan, baptizing people. Watch what God does. So, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. He's in the water. Jesus is coming towards him. And, he's, and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the, sins, the sin of the world. Verse 30. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him. But that he should be revealed to Israel... Therefore, I came baptizing with water. God does nothing in secret. John was the precursor to identifying the Messiah. He was baptizing openly 
in public. And Jesus came towards him. And he baptized Jesus. Why? It clearly tells us why he did it in verse 31. That he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. The whole purpose. One of the main reasons. John publicly baptized Jesus. Is so that people can recognize who the Messiah was. This was one instant. Publicly having the Messiah on display. And if you read the scriptures, it talks about, they heard like a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well, I'm well pleased. And then it said that what? The spirit descended upon him. If you go back now to Matthew, he's entering the city on a donkey, full display with fanfare. Again, he's being displayed. What is being displayed? The king is being displayed. The Messiah is being displayed. Also, the lamb to be sacrificed is also on display. At the moment, the people weren't thinking about that. But less than a week later, they were all screaming for his death. Because he wasn't who they thought he was. He wasn't living up to their expectations. He came to deliver from sin. He came to put an end to the law and institute grace, the new covenant, in his blood. That's what he came to do. So that this lamb who John the Baptist pointed out three years earlier, this is the lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. The lamb is on display now, ready to be offered up. That is the moment, the opportunity the, the multitudes and the people had to receive him and be set free from their sins. So God is always keeping his word. God is always putting things on display. The question is, what do we see? What do we see? Look at what's been happening over these past years. What's happening? What do we see? God is moving. God is doing exactly what he said he's going to do. The question is, do we have the eyes to see? Do we have ears to hear? Or are we going to be like the people back then who are celebrating this, this king but have no clue of what they're saying? Have no clue of what's happening. Have no clue of the significance of the time, the moment that they were experiencing. What do we see? Because I know what they saw. They saw, they saw nothing that had to corroborate what God was doing. They were looking at natural and God is thinking way beyond that. God is always thinking eternity. He has given us his word and reveals what he's doing so that we can see and not stumble. You understand what I'm saying? When I say see, I'm not saying see with your natural eyes. I say see with your spiritual eyes. Understanding what is happening in the world. Understanding what's happening in your life. Understanding what's happening in your family. Understanding. Spiritual eyes to see. And understand what is happening. So that you walk in the light and not stumbling around in darkness. In John chapter 14, 29, Jesus said this. 
to his disciples. He said, I have told you before it comes, before it happens, I have told you so that when it comes to pass, you may believe. Everything we need to know has been recorded in this book. Palm Sunday, Jesus is entering the city in fanfare on this colt. It was recorded in Zechariah. It was in their scriptures, written. They were told before it happened, so that when it happened, they would believe. But they didn't see it. They didn't know, because they don't know the scriptures. Even, even the scribes and the Pharisees, the people who are supposed to be the intellects and know the law, know the scriptures, they missed it. Because what they were expecting wasn't what was happening. That's a warning to us. Never try to, to make decisions upon things that we see or perceive things based on our expectations. Try to see through the eyes of God and then make your calculation or your deduction. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because when you make assumptions about things, you can get yourself in some serious trouble. You can miss it. But Jesus said, I have, to when I, I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. What's happening in the world? We were already told. So it's coming to pass. So this, if you miss it, you, if, you don't if you don't understand what's happening, you won't believe. You won't have faith. You won't trust. Okay? So the word, the written words tells us what is going to happen. Of course, God doesn't give us all the details. He doesn't give us the details. He gives us the details when we need to know it. But we have been told what is going to happen. A lot of it has been fulfilled. A lot of the Bible has already been fulfilled. So that we know that what's to come, what's to, come to pass is going to happen. Because we know what was written has been fulfilled. What we are celebrating today and what we will celebrate a Friday and Sunday has already been fulfilled. It was already written about. It came into time and space. God appointed the time. And it's, it's, it's already happened. So that's, that's history. That's already done. So don't dwell on these things. But understand the significance of what we are celebrating. Very important. Don't get caught up in the religious stigma of stuff. Understand the significance so you do not miss the opportunities when God presents them to you. When it's in, in plain sight, as they say, hidden in plain sight. That's exactly what happened to them back then. It was hidden in plain sight. The Messiah was entering the city as prophesied. They saw him but didn't see him. Do we have eyes to see and ears to hear? What is the Spirit of the Lord saying and doing today? As back then, God was moving. Something was happening, but they didn't see it. What is God doing today? Are we seeing what He's doing? Can we reconcile what's happening with His timetable? And how does that apply to our lives? What should we be doing? I know I'm asking, I'm putting a lot of, posing a lot of questions here. But the purpose of it is to have you to think. Really think about it. Think about what's your life. Think about what is, what this is all about. 
We remember and we celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then following, we're going, to celebrate, we're going to remember his death and his resurrection. That's why we do communion. That's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. We celebrate Palm Sunday. We, we celebrate Good Friday. You eat, you do this, you have your, your, your things. Well, we don't eat fish, we don't do, that's fine. But understand that we don't eat meat, I'm sorry. We eat this, we eat that, we, we, we sacrifice this, we, we, we fast this. That's all well and good. Why are you doing it? Why do we do these things? It has to do with our walk in Christ and the significance of our redemption and our relationship to God in Christ. And how we ought to walk daily. Walking in the light. So that we can be perpetually cleansed by that blood that, will be, that was shed on the cross on Friday. Good Friday. And the resurrection that, was ex- that happened on Sunday. To take us from death to life. Newness of life. Glory to God. The significance of these things. Important that we understand. So all these that we're going to celebrate and have been celebrating, even Christmas, was prophesied and fulfilled. The significance of these celebrations, how, do, how does it relate to our lives? Where are we going? What do we see? We must know the time of our visitation. We must understand what's happening in our lives now. A lot of people are deaf and blind. Not literally, spiritually. I see a lot of believers are deaf and blind. Just going through the motions. See the spirit of deception. Rampant. Affecting believers. Because they don't understand the significance of the moment that they are living in. They are thinking earthly. God is thinking eternal. If you have the eyes of God and the heart of God. If you understand your heart of your father, you would see and you would know the signs, the, the time of our visitation now. You would know it. You would see it because the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. God is moving. And I want to read, you don't have to turn there, I want to read a scripture from, for you from Isaiah chapter 62 verse 12. And relative 11 and 12, let me read it to you. Isaiah chapter 62 verse 11 says, Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. Okay, that's referring to Christ, to the Messiah. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call, and they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. What is that saying? God is moving, and we must recognize and understand what He's doing, and not miss the opportunities. Because they say here, the Saying to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Who? Christ, the Messiah. He's coming. But that's talk about he is coming, but he has already he already came. Alright? So this was talking about what is going to happen 
And this day we are celebrating here, today, Palm Sunday. He came, not only today, but He also came through Mary. He came. He was birthed through Mary. He came. Again, He's entering the city in all fanfare. And, it's, and what is with Him? Salvation is coming. And His reward is with Him. What is, what is the reward? Eternal life. He is a mechanism where we are redeemed and we have eternal life because we are in Him. That's His reward. And His work is before Him. What work? Demonstrating His mission and His purpose. Fulfilling His mission and purpose and going to the cross. That's on Friday. And resurrected. But that already happened. And they shall call and they shall call them the holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. Who is that? Us, the saints. Those who receive, who believe. Those who were back then when he was entering the city in fanfare. They didn't receive him. But he went to the cross and resurrected. And when you receive him and you, you believe, you are called holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be sought out. Glory to God. Watch this. We must recognize and understand what is going on. What is what God is doing and not miss the opportunities. To make sure we are walking in the light and not stumbling along. As it states in this scripture here. We have to seek him out. Oh my God. Do you remember when Jesus said. If you love me. You will keep my words. And I will love you. And my father will love you. And he said we will come and abide with you. And he said I will reveal myself to you. Somebody who is seeking God consistently and want to know the Father and know through the Son. Jesus said, if you walk in the light and you keep my words. He said, I and the Father will reside with you. And he said, I will reveal myself to you. What is he saying? He said, I will show you myself. I will reveal myself. And what is that? His the word. He said, I will show you what's coming. Whether it's dreams visions, whatever. He will show you, but you have to seek him out. The Bible, why do, do you think Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? That was just casual words? No, those words, those words are significant. Those words are significant. It is the way we who say we love Christ, that's the way we ought to be living today. Seeking the things of the kingdom. Seeking to know the king. And when we know the King, we know the Father. And the Father and the Son will abide with us. And the Son will reveal Himself. So that we would not stumble in darkness. We'd be walking in the light. So that what's happening in the world now, it's going to be revealed. We won't be walking in darkness. The Spirit will reveal to us what's happening. Listen, this is not religion. This is, this is serious... Koinonia, fellowship with God. This is abiding in the, in, in the vine, abiding in Christ. Abiding is to take up residence. You don't visit once in a while. You, you, you stay. You commit to that relationship. So, you know, let me give you an example, right? Of how we ought to approach things of God. So, we have the, we have, you know, I usually put on a couple songs in the beginning. But I, you can never ever think of those as just the preliminaries. 
You can never sing these things half-hearted. You give your... Listen, when you talk about let what? Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. The incense is our praise. It's our worship to God. When we give it with all our heart, He receives it like incense. Like the, like the priest used to burn the incense. And if the sacrifice was acceptable, God will accept the incense. He accepts the sacrifice. That's why we worship God. That's why we, op- we lift our hands and we give Him praise. And we call out to Him, Hosanna, Hosanna, blesses He who comes in the name of the Lord. We worship Him. And as we worship Him in spirit and in truth, that incense of worship is acceptable to Him. That's why I say never just depend on music. I don't care about... Listen, you can be tone deaf. It doesn't matter what's in your heart. Are you lifting up holy hands? Are you praising God from your heart because you love Him? Because of what He's done for you? This is, this is a heart of worship. And when God sees your heart, He, he can't help but love you and abide in you. This is where we have to get your lifestyle of worship. You don't have a service now and then you just, once the service over, you shut up and you go back to your old ways. No, it's a lifestyle of worship, of praise, thanksgiving, adoration to the creator of all things who redeemed us through his, his son. We didn't deserve it, but because of his compassion and his love, we can now come before the Father in His righteousness and say, Father, how we love You, how we praise You and give You glory. For You alone are worthy of glory and honor and praise. I didn't deserve it, but I thank You for Your love. The love that You shed and You show me and You lavish upon me daily. And I recognize Your Son. I recognize what you have done. Putting them on display so that we can see and give you glory. Knowing that salvation is with him. And with him comes eternity. Our life in you through him. That's what's on display. Salvation on display. And his reward is with him. 